60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We are saving thousands with Robert Palmer, and we're right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. We're in Florida, we're throughout the Southeast, and it's all about what? It's all about empowering you. It's all about Robert Palmer giving back. You see, over the past several years, Robert has started and has come to great success with many companies, all of them kind of centering on finance. So over those years, Robert has learned an awful lot about us and what we do and don't do with our money. So he decided to come on the radio, to establish some websites, to write a few books, to give us consumers the tools we need for everyday money. Not just the, not a national debt question, not a political question. It's us. It's our money. It's that paycheck that we get either weekly or twice a month, whenever it is. But what do we do with that paycheck? Do we have any control or do we just kind of be like zombies? Do we kind of bounce from collection notice to collection notice to phone call to pay the bill to going out and splurging money every time we get a paycheck? Uh, If that sounds anything like you or somebody you know, you're going to see that you can control your money and it doesn't have to be something that's hard to do. And it's not a punishment. It's a graduation. It's a taking charge. It's getting the knowledge of everyday things that happen in the credit card industry that happen with your mortgage that happens with refis stuff that we run into every day but we just don't understand so that's what the show is all about and we're going to cover some really really great topics today but first of all robert i heard this morning just around the water cooler so to speak that you've added another goal to your agenda i kind of got hit with a, a mission and so i get on the radio and i talk a lot about how frustrated i am that we don't teach our kids anything about financial literacy, credit scores, interest, credit reporting, you know, credit cards, any of this stuff in school. And and so I've decided that instead of continuing to complain about it, I'm going to try to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've uh, I've got a couple lobbyists that we pay for mortgage-related stuff over at my mortgage company, and I've got a lot of resources. And so I'm going to build a campaign, and I'm going to put those resources to use And I'm going to try to change this. I'm going to try to force our school systems, first at the local level, and then on on hopefully a national level, uh, to doing something about this. So, uh, you know, I'm going to put, we're putting together a plan. I'm going to meet with uh, some political strategists, and we're going to figure out the best way, Mm -hmm. whether it's by, you know, petition, by getting, you know, all of my listeners and people together to sign a petition. But we've got to do something, Rob. We've got to educate our kids. We've got to arm our kids with knowledge when it comes to financial services. You know, I... Every week I get on here and I complain about this whole financial zombie situation. And, and and if things do not change, we are heading for a financial zombie apocalypse, which is going to be the time where nobody cares anymore. Nobody pays attention and financial services companies just run wild taking advantage of us. And to change this, we've got to change it at the root of the problem, which is with our kids. You know, if, if kids are taught these rules, if kids are taught how to spot the tricks, if kids are taught how to protect themselves from getting into financial trouble, if they're taught how to make better financial decisions in school, earlier in life. Because remember, parents don't like to talk about money. They don't. They don't. And we're trying to change that. And again, we can change that on the scale of the 100, 120,000 people who listen to the show. But, you know, I want to change it globally. I want to change it nationally. I want to change it with everybody. And so the way I feel like we have to do that is with the schools. And I understand schools have budget constraints. You know, I'm, I'm, even, I'm willing to put up the money to write the curriculum. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bankroll this whole thing. You know, we're, we're going to make this happen. This is something I feel like we have to do. We've got to get our kids trained and, and educated uh, and made more aware when it comes to all things financial. So I want to thank people for their support. A lot of people getting behind what we're trying to do here. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of waking people up, teaching people how to be financial ninjas, uh, stopping this whole financial zombie apocalypse that I think is happening uh, where we just get lazier and lazier and lazier. We're getting sucked in by auto pay and online bill pay and, and online statements that hide disclaimers from us. There's just so much going on. And and that's what the rules are all about. That's what this show is all about. And now the the new movement I'm going to start to try to to move toward teaching our kids and, and having 
a more structured way to educate our kids when it comes to financial literacy. Uh, you know, because again, we, you know, if you, if you think back, there's there's been campaigns in the past, Rob, for you know for reading, and there's been campaigns for for different things. No one has ever really gotten on the the financial literacy bandwagon. Never. And, and I think I think the reason is because the the financial guys have too much power. You know, they make too much money. They've got they've got the real powerful lobbyists, and I think everybody is afraid to go up mm-hmm. against them. I'm not. You know, <laughs> hey, I, I'm not. Afraid. I'm, I'm I'm good for a fight. You know, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go up against the big financial services companies. And we're going to educate our kids on how to not be financial zombies and how to do a better job and spot the tricks and be, you know, better consumers and be smarter consumers. And we're going to tick off a lot of people along the way. But that's OK, mm-hmm. because this is this is something I believe that we have to do. And if we don't do it, I think we're, we're heading for a much bigger problem somewhere down the road. I think we really are. You know, I love the story that we tell on the air here. And that is the one that uh, how you started your trip of learning your journey of learning the economy. And that was taking the money that your mom made and she just spread it out all over the floor. I also heard the story the other day about somebody when their son got his first job, he was 17. He got his first job. He's at a fast food restaurant. He's working. He comes home and says, dad, the gross adds up. I figured up my hours and my $8 an hour and it all figured up. But who's this FICA guy? What's this? What? Who's taking my money? He is soon to become and listen to this program and become a financial ninja because he's not happy with where his money's going. Yeah, I'm telling you, Rob, that, that that lesson my mother gave me when I was probably seven or eight years old where she laid out her paycheck and showed me where it all went. Yes, sir. And, and you know, and she wasn't she wasn't ever afraid to talk to this stuff about. I mean, a lot of her friends and, and family members told her she was crazy. You know, you can't you can't show your, your eight-year-old how much money you make. You can't show your eight-year-old where money goes. And if you look at, it, at the confidence it gave me in life and, and yeah. it prepared me for an, an amazing career, I, I gave a speech at the Orlando Science Center for the Orlando Business Journal uh, Growth Expo. And one of the big things I talked about was, uh, you know, because of lessons like that, because of the things she taught me when I was young, uh, I really believe I can do anything. And, and I don't mm-hmm. have these self-limiting doubts that a lot of people fight with. Um, you know, one of the examples I gave uh, during the speech was uh, I learned how to play chess before I was, I mean, I was probably in kindergarten and, and she taught me how to play chess. And so a lot of people, when I tell them that story, they're like, oh my, oh wow, how how could someone that young learn chess? And I look back and I say, well, how old were you when you learned how to talk, right? And, and <laughs> so point. if I wanted to teach you Spanish right now, Rob, it would take much longer than me teaching you how to play chess. True. I, I, could, teach you, I could teach you chess in an hour. Right. If I was going to teach you how to speak another language, it would take weeks, months, maybe years. in your case, years. Yeah. Thanks. So, uh, so again, so... <laughs> If we can learn to speak that young, why do we think we can't do these other things? And and this is where it's our own fault. You know, if, if we start teaching kids younger how to do things, if we take away this idea that, oh, well, they've got to be older before they can learn that, why? You know, I mean, if you look at, you know, look at how many billionaires we have now that are in their early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, because of the tech boom. You know, back in the day, the thought was you can't, you can't be a billionaire when you're that young. You know, when I started my first mortgage company at 18, people said, you can't start a mortgage company at 18. You know, and so we, we pile on all these self-limiting beliefs and, and we keep ourselves from reaching our, our potential. And when it comes to finance, it's the absolute worst because nobody wants to talk about it. And so now all of a sudden, you know, a kid turns 18, 19, they're getting their first checks. They're out there getting a credit card, you know, and they're getting the wrong one because they're getting the one from the, the tent at their college or, or at the sporting event with the, the team logo on it, and they're not looking at APR, and they're not looking at annual fees, and they're not looking at any of the, the things that go along with that card because no one's taught them the questions to ask. And the financial services companies know this. They know they can sell a credit card to an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old based on the picture on the front of the plastic. Now, just think about how ridiculous that sounds. The picture, the school mascot, the team mascot, whatever it is, the picture on the front of the credit card has absolutely nothing to do with the underlying merits of that credit card, right? It doesn't make it a good card. It doesn't make it a bad card. It has nothing to do with it. But because our young folks, because our kids are not educated on what to look at, what to look for when it comes to credit cards, the financial service industry has figured out they can sell them some really crappy cards by putting a picture of their school mascot on it or by putting a picture of their favorite sports team's mascot on it. And education is the only way to stop this. And again, we believe, oh, well, we, we can't talk to eight, nine-year-olds about money. Why not? You know, we, we can't talk. We can't tell our kids how much money we make. Why? I mean, what, what, is, your, is your head going to explode? Is their head going to explode? <laughs> I mean, are you worried they're going to tell the neighbors? I mean, what's more important? Your child understanding and being prepared for one of the most important facets of everyone's life. There is no one out there listening 
who does not in some way deal with money. Yeah. Right? There may be some people who uh, we're not going to have credit cards. I, I disagree with that philosophy, but I understand that people have it. But there's nobody out there that doesn't have checking accounts, that hasn't had some type of debt in their life, whether they borrowed it officially and it's on their credit report or they borrowed it at a buy here, pay here car place, or they borrowed it at a pawn shop, or they borrowed it somewhere. Everyone at some point in their life has been affected by interest, but it is something we don't want to talk about, we don't want to educate our kids about, and that is what has to change. Mm -hmm. And so if parents aren't going to do it, then we've got to do it in the schools. We've got to do it somewhere. I've got to do it. We've got to figure out a way to do it. And that's what this whole movement, this whole campaign is going to be about, is figuring out the best way, pooling the resources I have, how do we best educate our kids to prepare them for the financial decisions that come in life so they can't be taken advantage of, so they don't get credit cards based on the picture on the front of the plastic, so they don't sign up for and take out mortgages they can't afford and lead to another crisis, another bubble, so they don't make bad financial decisions and take out student loans with mounting amounts of debt from colleges that the degree isn't worth anything. You know, all of these things have to happen, and, and the rules here on saving thousands are all geared toward forcing you to make these better decisions, but we've got to get them in the hands of our young people earlier in life and that's what this whole campaign's about, Rob. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. And as the show continues, we've got a lot of cool things to talk about. Things that affect your everyday wallet or pocketbook, whatever it happens to be. We're going to talk about the importance of shopping around and the ultra importance of locking your rate. When you go after a mortgage, you know, some finance companies, they will not lock until the last possible minute. And then you're trapped. You know you're about to close. Well, Robert's going to talk about some other reasons that you want to lock and you want to lock that rate early. And he'll explain to us how we can really benefit by shopping around. Robert's also going to be talking about approval letters. If you're going for a mortgage and somebody asks you your name, your address, your social security number, and where you work, and they just flash out a, a pre-approval letter, well, that's not worth the paper it's written on. Robert will explain. Also, we're going to be talking about how RP Funding, one of Robert's companies, is growing beyond its current area to states away from Florida and actually putting out more loans and mortgages than ever before. So we've got a lot to talk about as time goes by. But Robert, I noticed when you were talking to us a few minutes ago, you are a dual tasker if there ever was one. I saw you glance at your phone and you had this big grin on your face. Now, I've been doing radio with you for about 10 years, and I know when something kind of tickles you. So is that something that, as our teachers used to say, you can share with the class? No, Rob, I, I just got a really funny text from my wife. So uh -oh. Uh -oh. you will appreciate that. I didn't say anything about the weather. No, listen, you're going to appreciate the irony <laughs> in this. Uh, so whatever, although this is, this is really funny. Okay. Whatever affiliate she is listening on, immediately preceding us starting, was a commercial for Zillow and their Z estimate. No way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and anyone, anyone who's listened to the show more than maybe mm. once has heard me talk about my opinion of the Zillow Z estimate and, and its home values. So I wonder if, if they're if they're purposely trying to buy commercials uh, in my show or what? Well, that's, that's been done before. Yeah, that has been done before. That's <laughs> that's really intriguing. So let's kick that off a little home value hotline chat. That's uh, so the rest of you listening have no idea what I'm talking about because chances are the Zillow commercial was not on every single affiliate. Oh, I know it was not every affiliate. We are because we're on what five, six stations. Oh, yeah, right now. we're on a lot of different. Networks. But let's talk about the home value hotline. So uh, here's my problem with Zillow. Uh, Zillow, by its own admission, is wrong uh, way more than it should be. And so if you if you go on to Zillow's website, and for maybe people who don't know, uh, Zillow is a company uh, who got really famous for giving people inaccurate home values. And uh, they went public, and they raised a bunch of money, and they bought their biggest competitor, Trulia, uh, who also has inaccurate home values. And and so uh, if you like, if you, I'm a big Google guy. If you go into Google and say, you know, how accurate, how accurate is Zillow? And if you put in how accurate, that's the first thing that pops up. It's how accurate is Zillow? How accurate is American Sniper? How accurate is Carbon Dating? How accurate is Invitation Game? So we're gonna go with how accurate is Zillow. So the most sought after Google question on. That and when you start is typing how accurate, how accurate, yeah, Zillow is number one. A million people are going after Zillow. Yeah, they should be because they're, they're they're freaking wrong more than they're right. So yeah, so you can go click on their site and it'll tell you for your particular city how often they are wrong, uh, and it's it's pretty staggering uh, how how much they are wrong. Uh, 
So, yeah, they got wow. it buried here in their frequently asked questions, and uh, you can get in there and check it out. But, yeah, so the, the, the point is they are wrong more than they are right in most cases. Uh, so they give it this accuracy score, two stars, three stars. Um, Say, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I really see a lot of people using it and not getting uh, accurate information. So we created the Home Value Hotline. And so the way this works and, and the, the way I know this works is because uh, we as, as an industry, right? I'm in the mortgage business. Yes. And in the mortgage business, we will not trust any type of automated valuation. There are ones we can pay a whole bunch of money for. There are companies that will charge us 20 or $30 uh, per, per home valuation using these automated valuation models. Mm -hmm. And they're still not accurate enough for us to use, right? So the, the point is we won't loan any money out based on this number because we know it's not that accurate. And but people are out there making big life decisions based on this. And as you know, rule number two here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network is know your numbers. Know your numbers. And one of those numbers you have to know is your home value. And unfortunately, a lot of people go to get their home value through one of these online uh, online programs, one of these online home valuation sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Zillow's, the Trulia. There's like a evaluation.com or homevalues.com. There's all these popping up. Uh, most of them actually get their data from the same people. Uh, which is a company called CoreLogic, which used to be owned by First American. Um, and again, they, they admit that they're wrong. I mean, they admit that, that they're off by 5%, 38% of the time, and they're off by 10%, 68% of the time. I mean, it's it, it's right here uh, by their own admission that it's not a really accurate number. And it's not their fault. I mean, it's, and that's not their fault. And I, I got to commend them for at least being honest and and telling people that you know they're off by this much most of the time and, and how accurate it is and it's not that accurate. Because I guess it gives people a general idea. Sure. But when it, it comes down to making an actual life decision, right? Like if you're thinking about selling your home in the future, uh, if you're thinking about refinancing, you want to know what your home is worth, you've got to know what the home really, really is worth. You know, a 5 or 10% margin of error, I mean, think about that. Let's use 10, you know, so your house is worth 200 and they tell you it's worth 180. I mean, is that going to change some decisions in your life? Yeah. Sure is. Or it's worth 200 and they tell you it's worth 220. Is that going to change some some decisions in your life? Absolutely it is. And so what I believe is the only way to get an accurate idea of what your home is worth is to have a, a real life person, which is what we do in the mortgage industry, right? So we go out and we hire a real estate appraiser and we pay them $350 to, to do an appraisal. Sure. Uh, now you don't have to do that. Uh, a good alternative uh, is, is our home value hotline. And so what I've done to the home value hotline is I've put together a group of expert real estate agents. These are the people I would call to tell me what one of my houses is worth. I own some property around Florida. And so when I need to know what one of my homes is worth, uh, I uh, I will call one of these people and they will do a free home valuation for me. And, but not everybody has that. Not everybody has a network of, of people who are real estate agents because <laughs> not everybody owns one of the largest mortgage companies in the Southeast, right? That's it just, right. It just doesn't work that way. So the, the point is I created the home value hotline so you can have access to the same tools that I have. That's part of the Saving Thousands Radio Charter is that I'm here to give you access as my listeners to the same tools I have in life that I use to make my financial decisions. And so to help facilitate rule number two, which is know your numbers, I created the Home Value Hotline. You know, Robert, if people love this radio show, and I know thousands of people do, I hope that they'll take the extra time to visit SavingThousands.com. Now, folks, SavingThousands.com was designed by Robert and his research staff to kind of take off where the show leaves off, if you know what I mean. We only have an hour to spend with you every time we're on the radio, but... 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can then refer to savingthousands.com, the website, and you can get further empowered by reading the articles, listening to past radio shows, and the list goes on and on and on of all of the tools available to you without obligation, without paying a fee, and you can stay on that site as long as you want. And you can just keep learning and learning, and that makes your dollars go farther. Some of these articles that are trending right now, and we can tell by looking at the builder of our site, and we can see how many people are actually clicking on different parts of the site. So we can tell what articles are really, really being read on demand. And of course, the first one has to do with getting loans and getting a mortgage. That's a really, really big one. We have another trending article right now that has to do with kind of a change in the in the industry, and it's called Closing on the New trid loans the trid loans are now loans that are made in real estate under new guidelines from the federal government and you may have heard the word tossed around and you may have heard different advertisers say well now with trid it's going to take us 50 60 70 days to close your loan because there's so many more hoops to jump through well that's nonsense 
Robert Palmer and RP Funding closed their very first TRID loan at the very beginning of the regulation period in only 10 days. So, you know, trust the company you're dealing with to know about TRID if they don't move on to yet another company. And I'll tell you more about some more of the articles and the radio shows that you are playing or reading on demand as we continue. But you know, Robert, not a day goes by that people don't come up to me knowing my association with you and the show. And they'll say, Rob, what's it really all about? I mean, we're not hearing any commercials for any certain products in your portion of the show. And it just seems like Robert is there to educate us. And I said, that's what it is. Robert is paying it forward. And so that's, you know, that that's really why I'm here. That's why I'm here to do this is I want to give back. You know, I've been blessed. RP funding is extremely successful. You know, we're one of the, the largest lenders in Florida now. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not owned by a bank. I don't have this group of shareholders. It's just me, you know, and, and I've been blessed. And, and so it's important to me to give back through education, but also through, through great deals. And, you know, so as we continue to do the show and, and, and kind of try to educate people on what's going on and, and you know, we're, we're going to look at student loans, we're going to look at credit cards, we're really going to dig into all things financial uh, credit scores is another big one. You yeah, know, this is something we've, much. we've got to teach in schools. Uh, so many people do not understand how credit scores work how credit reports work until it's too late, right? You know, all of a sudden you're, you're trying to buy that new car, you're trying to get a student loan for your kids or, you know, trying to get that that new credit card or you're trying to buy a home. And now for the first time ever, you're hearing you have this thing called a credit score, you know, and you're trying to figure out what it means. You're you know, shocked. Like 580, is that good or bad? It's bad. You know, mm-hmm. 740, that's good. But nobody knows, you know, and what goes into that number? Where does it come from? You know, why do I have this number and he has that number? And I think I think we all like have this idea of like, well, uh, I have bad credit. Well, what does that mean even? You know, bad credit is that because you don't pay your bills? Is it because you've maxed out your bills? You know, a lot of people don't even understand really what bad credit means. You know, and mm-hmm. and there's people that think by being only one or two days late, it'll give them bad credit. When in reality, nothing reflects negatively on your credit report until you've gone 30 days late. You know, so there's just there's all these things that we're not taught. And you know, for me to come in here and and share people, share it with people, tell them about it, share my life experiences. You know, I look at a lot of credit reports. You know, I see a lot of I see a lot of what gets people in trouble. You know, when when people call here and they want to buy a home, and they call into RP funding and they're trying to get pre-approved, and they don't have good credit. You know, and we talk to them about what happened. You know, and a lot of times it is they they got roped into something, and usually for some people it starts young. You know, they go off to college, mm-hmm. and you know all of a sudden you know they're they're that freshman year at school, and and there's the pretty girl at the tent offering them the credit card and. You know, they get the they get the T-shirt and they get the card with the school logo on it. And next thing you know, they feel like they've got three thousand dollars in free money, uh-huh. right? Because you know, you just you go out there and charge this thing, and nothing's coming out of your bank account. And the first minimum payment's stupid low, like fifteen bucks. You're like, oh, this is easy. And the next thing you know, you know, you're out buying drinks for all your buddies. You know, you're buying <laughs> you got the new flat screen TV in your in your room, and and all of a sudden that thing hits max three thousand gone, and you're like, oh, I got to pay that back. You know. Yeah. And plus interest, plus 30% interest. I mean, come on. And, and so, you know, we see, and the other thing is student loans. You know, a lot of people get really hung up on student loans. And, uh, you know, the, the important thing there is, is to really be conscious of how much you're borrowing, you know, and, and what's the education you're getting for it. You know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate. If you, if you do have to borrow a lot of the money for your college, I'm a big advocate of community college. Mm-hmm. You know, you can save a lot of that. money by doing that two years at, a, at, the, at the community college. And uh, you know, same quality of education. The online guys are the are the most expensive. They're they're one. They're some of the worst. You know, and again, they're using the same types of tactics. You know, they, it was funny when the when the whole mortgage subprime crash happened. Rob, the a lot of the guys that were selling subprime mortgages went to the student loan. You know, to like the the for profit college industry because they could make the same kind of money. Oh yeah. And uh, and so there was this big investigation because it's you know the student loans are fairly guaranteed. And so when they were all defaulting at these certain for profit colleges. They launched these, you know, they launched these these investigations for what was going on, and that they found that the sales manual for some of these for-profit colleges was, I mean, they were using the the pain cycle, which is this kind of scummy sales technique where you really play on people's fear. They were giving away free laptops, you know, t- oh, take out yeah. this forty thousand dollars student loan and we'll give you a free laptop, you know. I mean, just again, this is that smoke and mirrors. This is that you know taking advantage of people that that financial services and. And companies are known for so, mm-hmm. and we're here to we're here to open that up. We're here to make all that a little more transparent in life, right, Rob? 
you know, one of the other things that RP Funding does, and we are saving thousands with Robert Palmer, RP Funding, one of the other things you do is you set up an excellent system, a very confidential system, but an excellent system to help home buyers find the, the best realtors, the preferred realtors in the area. And this isn't any kind of a payoff or a buyout or anything. This is just surveying your customers on the job you all did, but also the job that the real estate agents did on both sides of the equation. Yeah, Rob. So customer service is super important to me. You know, I mean, again, my name's on this company. You know, a lot of people recognize me out in public because I'm in the TV commercials. And so I want everyone to have a great experience with my company because that means they're having a great experience with me. Mm-hmm. And so we do customer satisfaction surveys. And, and our a lot of our staff, our processors, their bonuses are actually based on positive surveys from the customers, not how many units they close. Mm-hmm. So most mortgage companies are out there paying bonuses based on units or, or how high the interest rate was. We pay ours based on those positive customer satisfaction reviews after closing. And, and so we, I read I read those all personally. My senior management team reads them. If we do get a negative survey, I'm looking at how, what was broken in the system. How do we fix it? Do we have an employee who needs more training? Do we have an employee who just doesn't get it? I and mean, we've terminated some employees because of trends in their in their customer satisfaction uh-huh. surveys. It's that important to me. And and so we recently, well, not recently, hell, about a year ago, we started uh, surveying on the realtor as well. And so we asked the customer, hey, well, tell us here, tell us how we did. And then please tell us how your real estate agent did. And so we know who the really good ones are and we know who the really mm-hmm. bad ones are. And, and there's some really great ones out there and there's some really terrible ones out there. And so one of the things we'll do for our customers is if you call in here, you can ask us, you know, for the areas you're looking in to make a recommendation for a real estate agent. And based on that information, you know, we'll recommend somebody to you. And I'm never <sighs> going to publish that data. You know, I'm not trying to to be out here and pick winners and losers and play favorites. But if one of our customers asks us for a recommendation mm-hmm. of what real estate agent they should use to buy a home, what real estate agent they should use to sell a home, we go look in our database and see who's got the highest customer satisfaction reviews in that area. And our reviews can't be faked, right? So like yeah. some of these online sites, you know, people, they'll have all their friends and cousins go on there and write reviews and their uncle and aunts and their, their mom thinks they're the best, where ours are real customers. And it's customers that we uh-huh. just gave a mortgage to. So we know they bought a house and we know who their real estate agent was, so they can't fake it. And we <laughs> send it to the email address that they used to apply for the mortgage. So we know it's the right consumer and we ask them to rate that real estate. Agent. So we have this data that nobody else has. And, and so we use that to help our customers because let me tell you, were you working with the right real estate agent? It makes everybody's life easier. It makes your life easier and it makes my life easier. It makes the seller's life easier because, you know, again, we're, we're all in this together. You know, we've got to get the money there. They've got to write the contract. They've got to get the inspections. Everything has to fall in line. You know, buying a home is a fairly complex process. Yes, it is. And so if you've got the wrong agent, it, it can make everybody's life miserable. And so that's why it's important to us to help people find that right real estate agent so that they, they have a good experience. Because the other thing we found is when, when the real estate agent gives them a bad experience, then their experience with us is worse too. You Ooh, know, because yeah. the, whole, the, the whole home buying experience was a disaster. And so we get lumped into that too. And so we've seen patterns where real estate agents who don't do a great job will, will, will get bad reviews because they did a bad job. You know, and, and nobody wants that. So it's something I'm very conscious of. It's something we really pay attention to, you know, and uh, and that, that's it. That's just all the ways here we are to try to, you know, we're here to try to help people, Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to help them save money on the refinance by me paying all the closing costs, by pulling that two and a half million out of my advertising budget. If you're buying a home, we want to get you the strongest pre-approval in the industry. We want to help you find that right real estate agent. If you don't already have one, we're, ha- you know, we make those recommendations based on our information we have. You know, these are all the things we do here at RP Funding. And then, too, coming on the radio every weekend and now every day. You know, I want to get back to those articles if I can. These are articles that you'll find at savingthousands.com, kind of the sister of this radio show. You go online, you write out the word thousands, savingthousands.com. First thing you'll see on the homepage is a picture of Robert Palmer himself, and you'll be able to scroll down a little bit. You'll be able to replay a recent broadcast. But down lower on that homepage, you're going to find some articles. And a while ago, I mentioned two or three of them that are really trending strong right now. All right, here's one. Stop paying your private mortgage insurance. Take a look and look at your mortgage statement. If you see a fee for PMI, you need to be calling 855-773-8634 to have a discussion of how to get rid of that. You know, your PMI, which helps you in no way, it's actually there for the lender well, that PMI could cost you $200, $300, $400 a month. Think of what you could do with that money. So there's an article that you've got to read. Okay, here's one that is truly timely. There's been so much discussion lately of college loans, student loans, problems in the industry, even some dishonest tactics. 
Well, you need to read this article that's titled, How Much Does It Really Cost to Attend College? Very, very interesting article to read and to share with your youngsters if they're thinking about going to college. All right. Now, the article that can really save you on money, credit card fees, and improve your credit score all at the same time. Does that sound impossible? Well, it's really not. It has to do with the day you pay your credit card payment. And you're saying, well, I get the bill, I pay it right then. No, 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 no. Not so fast, as they say. Read the article, paying your credit card at the right time will not only save you money, it will improve your credit score. You're going to learn something you never knew and nobody ever told you around the water cooler. And finally, there's one article that you really have been loving, and that's called Definition of Good Credit. Where do you rank? and how do scores matter in your everyday life? Well, Robert, we've been educating people during this show, as we do most shows, on how to be better with their money, money management. So give us a few more ideas. As a consumer, one, we have got to shop around. We have got to take the power back. We have got to call multiple companies. And this applies to everything. This applies to mortgages. This applies to credit cards. This applies to each and everything that you may be involved in that comes to financial services, your insurance, your credit cards, your student loans, shop around, get multiple quotes. But in the case of mortgages, make sure that you lock that rate in as soon as possible. Now, I understand you can't always lock like right that minute. Because there are some things you have to do. Like we require you to actually sign some paperwork before you lock. Sure. So now you can e-sign that, right? So we, we can send that to you electronically, and you can e-sign that paperwork. And as soon as we get it back, we can lock your rate. So if you hustle with us, we can get your rate locked within a few hours of quoting you a rate if you cooperate mm. and get us everything we need. Uh, so that's okay. But if a company is going to make you wait more than a day or two, if, if they've got some future milestone you have to reach— oh, we have to get the appraisal back first because we can't lock your rate till we know what the value is. Well— how are you quoting me a rate today if you can't lock a rate until you know what my value is, right? <laughs> oh, we can't lock your loan until the underwriter approves it. We got to know you're approved first. So how are you quoting me a rate today if you can't lock the rate in until I'm already approved in underwriting, which is probably three weeks from now, right? Ooh. It's garbage. It's a game. It's a bait and switch. Uh, we see it a lot, and the person gets bait and switched. Mm-hmm. And I have a list of the companies that do this, right? We know who they are. I'm not going to mention them here on the radio. My attorneys would love the billable hours, but I'm not going to mention them here on the radio. Uh, But we have a list of them. We know it's a bait and switch. We know they won't let you lock the rate in for weeks, for months, for whatever it is, because they are playing games with you. And the last thing I think you should play games with is your home, Mm -hmm. your residence. You've made the decision to transition from being a renter to being a homeowner. Don't screw it up by gambling with your interest rate. It's just not worth it. There you go, Robert. You know, if I may, I was talking about the articles at Saving Thousands a while ago. I wanted to kind of chime in here and talk a little bit about the archived radio shows, you know, the fruit of our labors in this beautiful studio here. Now, folks, we do take every show that goes out on the network. We archive those shows at SavingThousands.com. We do a couple of other things with them, like we add them to the Saving Thousands radio app, a free download on your phone. We also put them on iHeart in a rotation of shows. iHeart has a channel just for Robert Palmer. When you see the search engine at iHeart, just type in the name Robert Palmer. But on the Saving Thousands site, we put the radio shows that are getting the most demand on play, we put those kind of up into a category line that you can look at and you can say, oh, here's what everybody else is listening to. I guess I could benefit from listening to that show too. The first one is how to be a better credit card holder. And the gist of that one is Robert talks about not just charging up a credit card. He talks about using the rewards, using the time that a credit card allows you to pay back for your own financial moves. And once you start listening to that program, you're going to be saying, wow, that piece of plastic is worth more than just swiping at the cash register. It can actually go to work for me. The next show that is truly, truly seeing a lot of interest is Learn how you can quit being the financial zombie you are (laughs) and start being a financial ninja. Wow. Well, I guess the first thing is admitting we are a financial zombie. But even if you don't think you are, read the article. I think it's going to be very insightful to you. And that's just two of the many programs that you'll find at savingthousands.com. Check it out. Go to the website, savingthousands.com. Look at the top of the page and see where it says radio shows. 
When you click on that, you'll get a dropdown that lets you choose by category or by date. Well, Robert, I think it's time that we really, really get into something that's so important in the loan process, and that is the pre-approval letter. Very misunderstood out there. That's the key, Rob. You got to get that pre-approval. You have to know how much you can afford, right? I mean, maybe you're out there and you're going to pay cash. I mean, sure, there's people out there that pay cash. I mean, I'll tell you this, uh, I'm, I'm about to buy a new home and I am not going to pay cash right. because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, really, when you look at the tax benefits of having a mortgage, when you look at uh, the uh, basically the the other places you can put your money, I mean, the fact that right mm-hmm. now you can get a mortgage in the in the threes, right. you know, and, and then where else are you going to get money that cheap? So my philosophy is, hey, I'm always going to finance a house. Obviously, I'm a little jaded because I'm in the mortgage business, but right. you know, I'm going to finance my own house. Uh, no matter how much money I ever had, I would still finance my my primary residence. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's the tax benefits are there. Uh, it's just it's a great thing to do. It's a it's a great way to borrow money very cheaply. You know, I can use that money in business investments instead sure. of the cash to buy a house. You can use that money to put your kids through college. If you have any credit card debt, you should obviously pay that off before you ever considered paying cash for a house pay your cars off. I and mean, there's a lot of other things I think mm-hmm. that don't have the tax benefits, don't have as favorable of interest rates for the long term, right? Because what you got to think is when you lock in a 30-year fixed rate uh, in the threes, right? What uh, what are rates going to be 10 years from now, 15 <laughs> years from now? And you're still sitting here locked into that low rate. And that's where, that's where you know, people get wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they take advantage of a huge arbitrage by getting a 30-year fixed rate mortgage at what are ridiculously low interest rates. I mean, really, rates, if you had told me seven years ago that we would see interest rates as low as we saw 18 months ago and as low as we see now, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would have actually said it's just not physically possible. There is no way that a long bond, that a 30-year bond could ever price that low. Mm-hmm. And here we sit. And it's absolutely amazing. I mean, the, the downside to it is obviously people are getting 0% on their checking accounts, 0% on their savings accounts, yeah. but you can do really well in the market. I mean, that's what's amazing. You know, there's there's people doing really well in the stock market. So while fixed income and fixed income assets and savings accounts and bonds aren't paying out very well, the market's done great. Mm-hmm. You know, the market's done great since it started this, this massive rebound and a lot of people have made good yield. And so if you if you took that cash and paid cash for your house, you know, great, you're saving yourself three and a half, four percent interest, or you could have taken all that money and stuck it in the market and and made a whole lot more over the last couple of years. So that's that's my advice to people. That's my advice to myself. You know, so so what happens then is when you go home shopping, if your intention is to finance said home, mm-hmm. now you gotta know you can get the mortgage. You gotta get the pre approval letter. And that's what we're gonna talk about today right here on Saving Thousands is what that means. And so here's what I want you to understand, Rob. Whether you're buying a house or selling a house, the pre approval is important, right? Because for the home seller, if you let a borrower, if you let a potential buyer put your house under contract and they've got a bogus pre-approval letter, right? So they, I come in, Rob, you're selling your house, right? And you think you're going to move back to the Ozarks, right? And I've got a timetable, remember. Yeah, Everything's right. on a timetable. That's right. So you you think you're going to close on your new house, exactly. you know, outside of Central Florida because you're leaving, you're taking off, you're retiring, you're gone. And so I say, well, okay, Rob, well, I need 60 days to close, right? So we're going to write up a contract, and I'm going to give you a pre-approval letter that says I, I should be able to get financing. That's the hope. And then you take your house off the market for 60 days and you go about your business. And, uh, and you know, so from then, what if something goes wrong, right? And so so during the 60 days, you are getting everything lined up. You're preparing as the seller to buy your new house. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, right before closing, something blows up because it turns out your buyer was never actually qualified. They never yeah. actually could get the mortgage. And this happens a lot more than you would think. Mm. And here's why. At most mortgage companies, the pre-approval is issued by the salespeople with no oversight from any other department. Right? Wow. And as crazy as it sounds, so let me just give you an idea of how much oversight we put the pro- the person through before we will actually give them a dime. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the mortgage business, the, the sales guy can issue the pre-approval with no oversight but before we will actually send a dollar of our money to the closing table to fund your new mortgage, we're going to have that file looked at by a processor, an underwriter, a closer, a funder, right? And we even run some quality control checks on it through our quality control department, right? So before we will give you a dollar of our money, in the, and this is standard in the industry, everybody does this part the same way, there are five levels of oversight because we sure. want to make sure that sales right. guy didn't make a mistake before we give you any money. But they, most companies will let the sales guy give you the pre-approval letter with zero oversight. None. Mm. Zero. 
And and so what we talked about yesterday is how some of these mortgage companies will pay their sales guys up to eight thousand dollars in commission, or even mm-hmm. more. You know, my example yesterday was was making the, this company pays four hundred basis points, which is four percent. If they did a four hundred thousand dollar loan, the commission would be sixteen thousand dollars. I mean, it's just it's insane. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. So that sales guy, some of them will just say, well, hey, we'll just throw everything up against the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get lucky. Like I don't think he's going to qualify, but. Let me give him a pre-approval letter anyway. Maybe I'll get lucky because I'm only closing two deals this month. And and if he pulls it out, you know, maybe his credit score will go up. Maybe he'll find the money. Maybe he'll get a, a stable job between now and finding a house. Who knows? Let's <laughs> roll the dice. Let's give him a pre-approval letter. And because there's no oversight from the lender, there's no oversight from the actual company who is going to send the money, who is actually going to approve the loan, the, the, the pre-approval is completely worthless. And so this creates two big problems. One, you've now got a buyer who thinks they're getting a home mm-hmm. and they're giving notice on their apartment. You know, they're out getting the electric turned on. They're showing the kids the new school they're going to be going to. They're showing pictures of the house to everybody and their brother. And all of a sudden they find out they don't qualify. And now what? And then on the flip side of the transaction, you've got a seller who thinks they're going to get $200,000 cash in the next couple of months for their house so they can go buy a new house or they can go on a cruise around the world or whatever their plans are. And it it doesn't happen because the buyer never really qualified. And so my solution to this was to put oversight in place during the pre-approval process. Mm -hmm. And when I did this, Rob, when we first did this at RP Funding, I expected it to be very expensive. Right. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, right now I don't have to pay anyone. I don't have to pay any of these highly highly compensated members of the underwriting department to validate pre-approvals. Uh, we only have them look at files that are that are toward closing and that already have houses under contract and they're already serious. And now I'm going to have them look at all these pre-approvals that may or may not ever turn into mortgages. Man, this is going to cost me a lot of money. That's right. But I said, you know what? It's okay. It's worth it. Uh, I do not want to further perpetuate the cancer in our industry, which is giving people false hope of buying a house. And Robert, I remember the day that you came in the radio studio so many years ago and told us that you had created that validated pre-approval and the strength of it. And all these years later, when I talk to real estate agents, realtors, when I talk to other people in the financial industry with title and all that sort of thing, I always get that very affirmation that they love a validated pre-approval from RP funding when they're representing a seller. I mean, it's just so strong for that seller to see that the buyer has that strong pre-approval. So that is very, very cool. I wanted to go back to the Saving Thousand site for a moment, folks, mainly because it is such an important part of what we do here. You see, we come to work each and every day with one thing in mind. Whatever you do for a living, I'm sure that you have sort of an agenda when you get to work, right? And maybe you think about that on the drive-in. Maybe you think about it as you're preparing for your day in the morning. Well, When we're doing all of that, we have one thing in mind, and that is we who work for saving thousands have one, one goal, and that is to serve you. That is to give back, to give you the information that you're seeking, whether it's what to do with a a payday loan that you wish you would have never taken out to what you can do about refinancing your home. We try to give you all of the tools, all of the knowledge, everything you need to take over your money. So when you look at the Saving Thousands site, you're going to see across the top some very interesting compartments. The first one is the rules. We've talked about that. That's the 15 Saving Thousands Rules to Success. Next to that is radio shows. We talked about that a few moments ago. The radio shows archived by date or by category. Next to that, station listings. Oh, that's important. You're not always in the proximity of this great radio station. So maybe you're going on the road, you're going to travel to another state. Well, you're going to look and see station listings. You'll see where the Saving Thousands show is on what station, what time, what day. Very important. And then we have our Ask Robert. Okay, the Ask Robert is your portal to Robert Palmer. You can get a question delivered directly to Robert's computer, and he will write you back in all confidence. Okay, and here's one, Robert. You read it. It came from Jane and Bob, and they listened to our show down in South Florida. They want to know that even though the headquarters of RP Funding may be in Central Florida, they want to know if they can get help with a mortgage in Boca Raton. 
Yeah, so Rob, we, we help people statewide. You know, yeah. we're we're doing mortgages statewide. We're going into to an additional group of states in the southeast. Uh, it really is. You know, I, I love our local clients because they can come in and sit down with us. But at the same time, for a lot of people, they prefer to just do things via FedEx, and we have online e-signatures and everything else. Uh, you know, we're here to help. You know, we've we've got a great staff of people. You know, I built this company to try to make getting a mortgage a little bit easier. You know, it, it's the it's the biggest financial decision. It's the biggest uh, financial services deal you'll have to be involved in is your mortgage. You know, if you look, the average person's credit card is maybe five, you know, five thousand, seven thousand, maybe up to ten thousand dollars. The average mortgage is one hundred and seventy thousand. And so for most people, that mortgage uh, is higher than all their other credit, credit and debt combined. And, and so it's very important that you do get a good deal there, that you do shop around, that you do get a good rate, that you don't pay any fees. Uh, and that's that's the principles I built RP funding on. And when I came up with this idea, you know, the rest of the industry thought I was crazy, you know. And, and when, mm-hmm. I, when I started the company, uh, you know, so I was working for the, the, the big lender and, uh, you know, they, they, they fell apart with the subprime crash. And I decided I wasn't going to I wasn't going to continue on that lifestyle anyway. You know, and I opened RP funding and, and there were six of us in the early days. And we're in a little broom closet sized office. And, uh, you know, I was going to take over the world and, and change it and do it right and not charge fees and give people great deals and and uh, just completely change the dynamic of the mortgage industry. Uh, where, you know, previously the, the idea is whoever can pay the highest commission to the salesperson would win, no matter how much it costs the consumer. And, and I didn't like that. Right. And so I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say whoever can give the best deal to the consumer will win. And everybody thought I was crazy. And I would go to the mortgage bankers convention. They would kind of look down their nose at me and they're like, oh, you know, Robert, what are you doing? Yeah, that's never going to work. Yeah, consumers don't care. You know, they're, they're too easy to take advantage of. Why are you trying to give them good deals? This is insane. Just, you know, the only way to work in this business is to pay really big commissions. You know, and Robin, we, we saw that article recently or the ad yeah, recently, you know, where the, the this company is offering a $8,000 commission on a $200,000 Ford mortgage and a uh, it was a twenty-six thousand dollar commission on a two hundred thousand dollar reverse mortgage, and that went I to mean, thousands yeah, of people. I mean, yeah, these these numbers are staggering. And this, is, so this is a company that's trying to grow the old way. And the way you grow is you basically bribe the mortgage salespeople to leave their current lender and come to you by offering them higher and higher and higher commissions. Well, the problem is someone will always offer a higher commission and a higher commission and a higher commission. And where does all that money come from? It comes from the consumer. Because you have to charge a lot of crazy fees and you have to charge a lot of high rates if you're going to pay your salespeople $8,000 a transaction in commission. You know, it, it really is. I think it's tragic, but it goes on each and every day. And so I decided we were going to be different. And I'm sitting here with six people and I have this dream, you know, and, and we're closing, you know, I don't know, we're probably closing $20 million a year in mortgages back then, <laughs> you know, which is not a lot. And this year, we'll, we'll probably do close to a billion dollars in mortgages. Uh, you know, so it, it's pretty substantial growth. I we go say. from 20 million to a billion. And the beautiful thing is, on a billion dollars worth of mortgages, I don't have to charge fees and I don't have to charge crazy high interest rates. I don't have to do any of these things to make a lot of money because a billion dollars is a whole lot of volume coming through this place. And we're not owned by a bank. I don't have a bunch of partners. I don't have a hedge fund behind me. I don't, you know, it's just me. And I'm not a greedy guy. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to to get rich off of one customer. I'm trying to to build something here that can really change the way financial services companies and mortgage companies, and particularly, treat their customers. And I will tell you, in the markets where we are strongest, we have seen our competitors have to lower their fees. They they can't get away with it. They're nervous because they know if they try to take advantage of a customer, and that customer calls us because they listen to this radio show, or because they see me on TV, or because they hear from a friend or whatever it is that they're going to get discovered. Because remember, the, the, the trick only works if you don't know what's happening. And, <laughs> and so right. when, when someone tells you that there's going to be $10,000 in closing costs, and then you call me, and if it's a refinance, and I tell you there's zero closing costs, that now they're, they're cooked. The, you know, the, the jig is up. You know, nobody's going to pay them $10,000 in closing costs when they can come here and get zero but they're still banking on the fact that the vast majority of consumers will not shop around. Uh, and so they can still take advantage of them and they can charge the consumer $10,000 in fees and they can turn around and give $8,000 of it to the sales guy. You know, and that's the funny thing is the companies that are charging all these fees, they're not getting rich. They're giving it all back to the salesperson in commission. And, and so where this company we saw this ad for on a $200,000 loan would pay eight. 
$100,000 in commission on a $200,000 loan, my total cost for sales compensation, right? Because we don't pay commission in the traditional right. sense, right? We Our guys get a salary and they get a bonus. and and But my cost for a $200,000 loan is $700. This company's cost for the salesperson in, in, in sales, like what is, let's not use commission, let's call it sales compensation, right? right? So the compensation paid to the licensed mortgage loan originator. On a $200,000 loan, I pay $700. This competitor pays $8,000, okay? Mm. And people wonder how I don't charge lender fees. People wonder how I'm able to do closing, you know, no refinances with no closing costs. Well, on, right there, I have a $7,300 advantage over this particular competitor because they're in growth mode and they're offering $8,000 in commission on a $200,000 loan and I'm paying $700 in total origination compensation. Uh, no wonder I can kill them when it comes to <laughs> rates and fees, right? I mean, this is simple math. Uh, but that the industry is used to preying on consumers and this is the way it's always been done. And not everybody pays 8,000. Some people would pay six. You know, I would say on the the industry average for a $200,000 loan is probably around four or five, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you may be asking yourself, well, Robert, why would anybody work for you? I mean, why, you know, why, why work <laughs> yeah. for you when you pay so much less? Because well, the, the thing is, these, these guys with the crazy fees are doing so little volume, right? I mean, the average loan originator is closing like 20 deals a year. If they're, I mean, that, that, that's actually pretty good for some of these guys. 20 closings a year. That's it. And it's not because they, they don't have time to do more. It's because they can't find any more because they're relying on referrals from one or two real estate agents. They're relying on their, you know, their friends and family who they can hit with all these crazy fees and no one questions them. And so they're closing 20 transactions a year where my originators are closing 20 transactions a month. I was going to say. I got some closing 30 transactions a month, right? And because we have such a great support staff, you know, for a consumer, it's great customer service, even though they're doing the more volume. Well, Robert, I hate to tell you, but we have run out of time and there's still so much more to talk about. But that's why we have another day of broadcasting ahead. I love doing these shows. I love what we do here. I was talking about it a few minutes ago. When we come to work, we are just so happy. We're so empowered because we empower you. And when you're doing a job where you're helping people, you can't help but just jump out of bed in the morning and when we get to work, we look on those ask RPs and we look up some of the things that our loan officers are being called about on the phone at 855-773-8634. And we absolutely delight in researching that topic and making that part of our radio show. So every radio show you hear is going to be different. We're going to be updating certain things like pre-approvals. We'll update things like refinance, but we're always trying to help you with each and every dollar that you make. That's what it's all about. Now, as you listen to the show, you've probably been thinking about maybe friends, maybe relatives, maybe people you work with that get to Wednesday and run out of money and they'll say, well, I'd like to go to lunch with y'all, but here it is Wednesday. I've run out of money, but I haven't run out a week. Well, if that happens to people around you, if it happens to you, all the more reason to listen to the radio shows, all the more reason to read the articles, so if you have a friend that fits in that category or somebody in your life, go ahead and tell them. Just say, hey, you even talk about the fact that you're really not managing your money all that well, John. Well, here's the deal. There's a guy on the radio that wants to help you. His name is Robert Palmer, and he also has some websites that can help you out. The first is savingthousands.com. So that's what you want to do. We're glad we're here. We're glad we're helping you. And we can't wait until it's very evident that you, too, are saving thousands with Robert Palmer.